Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm joined today by Jeff Freed. Jeff, hello. How are you, sir? Hello again, Pete. We are talking about one of your favorite topics today, enterprise search, and we're doing it from the open source perspective. And our guest today is well-equipped to shepherd us through it. Charlie Hull is a director and co-founder of Flax, which specializes in full-text search, classification, and media monitoring software built on a proven and scalable open source base. Charlie is an active member of the search community, and we are thrilled to have him on the show for this conversation today. Charlie Hull, welcome to Shared Insights. Thank you very much. Very happy to be part of this and uh, looking forward to talking. Jeff, uh, why don't you set up this conversation and and get us started here? How did you and and Charlie come into contact with one another and and, uh, what made you bring him on the show today? Charlie and I have both been select members of a small space of the the enterprise search base for a long time. And uh, we live on opposite sides of the pond, as you will. But as I started doing a little bit more travels, as we established, for example, our UK office at BA Insight, and I started traveling over there, uh, Charlie is everywhere. Uh, So we've become uh, mutual admirers and are like-minded on a number of fronts, including um, the basic idea of being search engine agnostic, of saying there's, you know, we're not pitching one particular platform or the other. But mostly, um, I have uh, really loved the way that Charlie works with his customers, the way he talks at conferences as a teacher, and I thought our listeners would love getting to know him. That's very kind, Jeff. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, I first met uh, Jeff, again, I think at a conference um, where we, I think we were both speaking, and I was impressed at, at his uh, his approach to search. And even though he you know he's he started from a um, possibly the polar opposite of open source, uh, the Microsoft camp. Um, I know we share a lot of uh, feelings about the way search search things should be should be built. And I think uh, again this this idea of being agnostic and uh, it's not about the technology; it's about lots of other lot other factors as well. Really building a good search application. So yes, sir, in how he's known. Is enterprise search, and maybe is this a good platform question to start us off on, is enterprise search, is the enterprise search space, is this a new renaissance? In terms of open source software, I mean, we've been doing this long enough that I remember going to people and saying, hey, we can build you an open source enterprise search uh, application. And, and they, they say, well, okay, well, first you need to explain me, explain to me what open source is. Um, and we, you know, we get blank looks when we we're explaining about licenses and uh, freely available software and all these kind of things. Um, and, and that's certainly changed. Um, I think we've, it's now seen as, as a, a serious option. And I mean, we have in the UK, we have the UK cabinet office, part of the UK government actually saying, or mandating almost to uh, government departments that they should consider open source software when they're looking for solutions. So that, that's a, a major change. Uh, in terms of the market itself, I think one of the reasons that a lot of the, the old search companies, the old behemoths, uh, found new homes for themselves and uh, attempted to sell themselves with varying degrees of success to, to larger players um, was that they saw this rise of open source search engines. And you have a simple situation where you're trying to sell commercial search software for six or even seven figure sums. 
And then on the other side, you can see software that appears to do much the same job that's downloadable for free. Um, it's, it's very difficult to, uh, to justify that cost. So I think what it's done is shaken up the market massively over the last few years. And we've been uh, lucky enough to be able to ride that wave uh, and see it become a, a serious option and something people consider. Um, I don't know if you've seen I mean, the recent news, even this, this last week, uh, the fourth largest website on the internet, Reddit, have uh, talked about using an open source based search engine to revolutionize their search. So, you know, we're, we're seeing very serious companies go this way. Yeah, and to me, this is not all about open source. It's about sort of the commoditization of search and the availability of this technology at a much lower price point and at much higher uh, so transparency in terms of the capabilities. So search software is within the reach of startups. It's within the reach of smaller companies. You get a lot of innovation around it as a result, and that's both because of the rise of open source, but also I'll say I'm still a fan of Microsoft and SharePoint Search, uh, which has lowered the price point and reached a, a, a big mass audience. And even Google, which I think shot themselves in the foot with the Google Search Appliance, as well as hurting everyone else's feet, did broaden out the market and the availability and the awareness so that's uh, that's been quite good. I think you're right there, Jeff. I mean, certainly where where SharePoint uh, wins is it something that is so widely adopted, and search comes as part of SharePoint. It, it's given people that, that that capability. Although up until very recently, you know, there were issues with SharePoint search, and I know this is something that BA Insight has been a, a leader in, in in trying to solve. Um, the, the Google thing's quite interesting because, uh, as I'm, I'm sure you and a lot of our listeners know that Google have recently canned their own search appliance, which was seen as a, a way for people to gain an enterprise search capability by literally buying a big yellow box and plugging it into their network. And, and that, again, gave people uh, a, a form of enterprise search without really very much integration or, or tweaking or tuning, it seemed. Um, so, yes, I, I think your point about open source broadening the market and making it more available to, to, to different levels of uh, of uh, commercial enterprises is, is very important. Um, the, the point to make, of course, is open source may, leave, may be freely available software, but it's not free to implement or, in, or use. It's that somebody still has to do the work, um, and that it continues if you need support, ongoing support or, uh, or training. There's, there's always costs involved. Um, but it certainly meant that, as you say, search is now really very complex, very scalable search technology is now available to even the smallest startups. And we see a lot of these as, uh, as our clients, people coming to us and saying, we've, you know, we've built an index of a, a few hundred million documents and uh, we need your help just to do the tuning. This is, you know, even, even this, you know, the youngest and smallest companies can now do astonishing things with, uh, with search software. Yeah, and Charlie, I'm struck by sort of this dichotomy that on the one hand, there's astonishing things you can do. On the other hand, in the enterprise search space, there are people stuck with some of the same problems that they've had for 20 years that you still walk in and people can't find things they don't understand relevance it's not what they're looking for even basic techniques around bringing in content from multiple places adding structure to it providing personalization faceting isn't in place so it's sort of ironic that there's uh, a commoditization and availability of amazing technology 
but the practices are still, uh, in many cases, lacking in understanding and awareness. I don't know if you if you see the same thing or if you're working largely with clients that are already enlightened, if you will. Um, I wish that were the case, to be to be honest, Jeff. I think uh, you mentioned one word there, which is practice, and I think that's the key here. Solving enterprise search is, I don't think, is generally a technology problem. The technology has been about for, for, for decades to, to give you good, effective enterprise search. It's all about implementation and how you do it. Unfortunately, what usually happens is somebody buys a search engine, attempts to make it work, gets to a certain point, everybody hates it, and then a few years later they go, I know, we'll solve all our problems by buying a new search engine, and that'll fix everything. And this is never the case. I mean, in, in fact, the, the brand new search engine might even be worse than the old one, uh, which is, you know, at least somebody spent some time tuning it, perhaps. My experience is that the problems with enterprise search are, are, are coming in, in lots of different flavors. It's, it's sometimes to do with the, the content, people not understanding that even the best search engine in the world can't make sense of dirty or disorganized content with unreliable metadata or you know, bad OCR, bad, bad scan documents or things that have just been put in the wrong buckets to start with. Good enterprise search can't be built without an effective search team. And by search team, I mean a team across the business, everything from IT to content to the sales and marketing side of the business. All of these people have to work together to deliver good search. And, and that's very seldom the case. And frankly, a lot of organizations don't have anyone, no full-time employees who are dedicated to improving search. And if you compare some of the largest organizations, they'll have lots of people working on the, you know, the, the ERP system or, you know, the major database that holds all the content or the, the content management system or whatever, or the website even. They won't have anyone whose full-time job is it to, is to, is to run the search engine. My analogy is that it, the trouble is search is not seen as an essential. If the phone system goes down, you've got people screaming at each other to get it fixed because that's seen as an absolute essential. But if the search engine is a bit rubbish and you can't really find stuff and you have to phone up somebody on the other side of the country to find the document you want, uh, well, it's not a problem. Let's not do anything about it. Let's just leave it. So it, it's, But search can be such an essential part of making a business efficient that this is something which people should concentrate on. So I think the problems are not, are not technological. They're often process, they're often about people. And, and that's what a lot of organizations get wrong. That's actually a fascinating connection. It seems so much like the, the organizations you're talking about don't realize the potential benefits of an effective and efficient search system because they've never had it. I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to isolate, you know, a, a single point of failure. Is it political? Is it administrative? Is it executive leadership not understanding the benefits? Or, you know, is it that there's one guy who's, who's essentially Don Quixote tilting at windmills in these companies? I have a thing on YouTube that I call the search immaturity cycle about this churning phenomena that Charlie talked about. One key thing is awareness and understanding of of this animal called search because everyone has a consumer experience that they can relate to and there's many many applications that are run on search similar to many applications that are run on databases for example but the awareness and understanding of what great search can be like in an enterprise and what you can do with it and in hand the challenges is still, I'll say, a work in progress. And one of the things that I admire about Charlie is that you work on these simultaneously on solving the technical problems and on building the community and awareness. In particular, you've done some great work in training 
once you have uh, an understanding that this can make a huge difference in your business, then you need to know how. I, I, well, this is interesting, Jeff, because this is something we're doing increasingly these days. Uh, whereas in the past, our focus would mainly be technical, uh, where people either need a search application built for them or they need an existing search application tuning and improving. And they might need training for their technical guys on, on the technology. And we, we train people across the world on things like Apache Solar, Elasticsearch, for example. Um, increasingly, we're seeing a need for working with the search managers, with search relevance teams, uh, with helping organizations even create these teams. And so I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with organizations at the moment talking about search to people who are not technical at all. They are people from the management side of the business or they're from the sales side of the business or marketing side of the business. And they recognize there's a problem with search because their, their customers can't find things, their internal users can't find things. But they don't really know what a search engine is and they don't know how to tune it or, or even where to start. So something we're increasingly doing is, is helping people develop an internal center of excellence in search. So they bringing together people into teams to, from all aspects of the business to talk about how to make search better. Um, and I find this a fascinating area because it covers, it covers so many different aspects of the business. I think currently we have a situation where people say search is terrible. They'll, they'll shout at the developers to try and fix it. Developers don't know what needs fixing because they don't necessarily know why search is seen as terrible. And it's really the, the business side or the, you know, the, the, the people inside who, who really understand uh, why a particular result should be at position one or position 10 from a business perspective that have to give that input to developers. And what we're trying to encourage people to do is develop a collaborative approach. So instead of writing down all the things that are wrong about search and sending an angry email to your search guys, the developers, you need to say, right, well, let's develop some tests. Let's agree what we should be testing. Let's agree that this query represents a particular thing we need to get right. And then we do the test and then we look at the results and we try and say, right, well, this result is really good. This result isn't so good and this result's really bad. And then handing those tests across to your developers to say, right, here's the test. You improve things and try and make these scores better. Try and improve the results of this test. And the developers don't need to understand or know why a particular result should be at position one or position 10. They're just given some examples. Um, and this is something we've been calling test-based relevancy tuning. And it seems to be something that once people understand it is almost a no-brainer and they, they sign up immediately. So that, that's our approach now to really work with a, the whole business, not just the, the technical side, um, offering both training and also helping facilitate workshops and developing the process of search tuning. You know, it's very analogous for those of listeners that are developers, the rise of test-driven development in the last uh, 15 years has made a big difference. And I see the same thing happening here. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other, the other analogy to, to draw is, um, and this is something that's uh, obvious to most businesses, is um, we ask them how much they spend on SEO, uh, how much they spend on tuning search outside their business. And some of them will roll their eyes and go, oh, God, the cost of AdWords, the cost of, the cost of Google, the cost of Bing, whatever. Uh, and they might even have some employees whose, whose main job is to, is to sit there and try and tune their, their, their web search. But they're not doing the same thing internally. So this is almost like saying to you know trying to apply some of those lessons learned from SEO to internal search, and I think if we could get the same exposure for internal search as we do currently for SEO, where there are conferences and books and courses and a huge amounts of money being thrown around to try and make that better, perhaps we'll see a renaissance in the way that internal search is viewed. 
You know, I'm, I'm uh, developing a search manager's boot camp workshop that I'll be teaching on your side of the pond in next month and the following month in the, on this side of the pond. And one thing that I think is a fabulous reference for that is your new book. That's very kind. Yes, the, uh, the book is uh, something I've been working on for a, a year or two now with uh, a professor uh, at the University of Essex here in the UK. Uh, Professor Udo Krischwitz, who has spent many years working in this field. And we were approached with the book by um, a, a publishing house that really works in the, the kind of theoretical side of information retrieval. But our intention with the book was that not to produce a, a purely theoretical and academic text. Uh, we wanted something that could be as useful for someone, say, beginning a, a doctorate, a PhD in, in, in enterprise search, uh, and wanting a long list of references and, and backup material, or also on developing a search product, or even someone within an enterprise really wanted to know what the state of the art was with enterprise search. And from, from what something that was originally described as a journal article, it, it grew to, I think it's something like 150 pages. So it's a pretty good, a pretty big article, and it's a, a book as far as I'm concerned. But it hopefully straddles that divide between the academic side of information retrieval, which is, has a long and illustrious history, and the business side of enterprise search, which perhaps doesn't have such an illustrious history, uh, and trying to bring those sides sides together. So yes, we're we're, we're very pleased with it. Um, it was launched at the uh, CIR conference in in uh, Tokyo in the last couple of months, and uh, initial feedback has been very positive. So uh, we're also hoping to do some talking about it at events and in the near future. Well, there'll be a link to that definitely to me. It's an ebook uh, on the the uh, podcast notes. Uh, the reason that I particularly like it, Charlie, is that there's a dearth of connections between academia and industry in this area. I, I spoke at a SIG-IR a couple of years ago on the industry track, and it was just remarkable to me that you have, what, a thousand PhDs a year coming out in information retrieval, and most of them are not connected with the enterprise search problems. And then you have these firms working on solutions in industry that don't have a theoretical grounding. One of the problems is a lot of the academics are working on information retrieval systems and, and software that are pretty theoretical, and they're really good for developing, cutting new relevance models and, and doing really fine-grained stuff. But frankly, nobody in industry has ever heard of them. Uh, there's systems such as Terrier and, and Lima, um, which are great, um, but they're not used in industry. So one thing I've been trying to do um, working with some people, I, I did a, a workshop called uh, Lucene for IR up at uh, Glasgow University um, with uh, Chap with Life as a party. And the idea with there was to introduce Apache Lucene, the most widely used open source search engine and the foundation of Solar and Elasticsearch, of course, uh, to the information retrieval uh, academic community and say, guys, this is what's being used out in the industry. You should learn this. If you learn this and you have some, some cutting-edge open-source search skills, you will get a job when you come out of university or out of your uh, doctorate, whatever. And trying to bridge that gap, really, um, I think that's a problem here. We have a disconnect between the academic side of information retrieval and the, and the, the real end industry side, um, even at a degree of simply using different tools and different software. Um, so that, that's one thing I've been trying to do there, to try and help bridge that gap, and also talking at some universities in the UK, again, to get across the message that out in the, the world, of the, world of industry, we have a skills shortage in, in terms of search, as I'm sure you know, um, 
Uh, and if people want to you know, move into industry, there are massive opportunities if they, they have the right background and knowledge. So that, that again, was part of the reason for writing a book, to try and uh, get that get across to the academic side of what's happening in this industry and what, what are the real problems with enterprise search. Yeah, and highly recommend it. By the way, the book is the book is called uh, Searching the Enterprise. This has nothing to do with finding tribbles in airbags. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'm sure you'd help with that as well. We do our best. In addition to sort of this, you know, I'm a former, or as I say, reformed academic, so I still get all the journals and can spell SIG-IR. One of the reasons that I think that there's a disconnect with the enterprise search community is it's a reflection of the thing we were talking about earlier, is that most of the problems are in the practice and the organizational aspects, not the technology, which really need to get in focus for some of the brilliance of the technology to to flower. And one of the perpetual challenges that I think you have a great uh, perspective on is relevance. Your your book has, you're an Udo's book. I, I know mostly Udo from the perspective of crawling some uh, scotch bars with him in the UK. He introduced me to uh, to that. Yes, you should be very careful drinking scotch with Udo. I say this from painful and bitter experience. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, but, but no, it, it, the uh, relevance is, is a particular challenge. And again, this, this idea of test-based relevance tuning, which we're introducing, where, where, where we're, we work quite a lot with a, uh, a company in the US called Open Source Connections, who developed a fantastic tool called Cupid, Q-U-E-P-I-D, which is a way of collecting these relevance judgments and uh, and directly tuning an open source search engine that's connected to it. My interest is more about this process, developing effective process rather than a particular way of doing it. I mean, you could do, you could collect relevance judgments with a spreadsheet if you liked, but at least you should have a process and many companies don't. They just have two or three things that they know are broken. They, they There's a lovely acronym actually, um, the, the HIPPO, the highest paid person's opinion. Um, the boss shouts and says, I was trying to buy an iPad over the weekend for my daughter, and I know we sell iPads and I couldn't find it on our website. You fix it, you fix it. And then everyone scrabbles around trying to fix these things and break 17 other things. We need some proper process-led way of doing search tuning. Um, and that's, that's what we're, we're trying to pursue now. And it does, you know, it does seem to be getting a good press. And I, 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 I think people are, are understanding this is the way to do things. One thing I, I would like to bring up as well is what's not helping is currently some rather aggressive marketing by uh, certain uh, firms I'll, I won't mention. But the, this, this idea of cognitive search um, and AI and machine learning as being the, the things that are going to save us all. Um, I've seen some terribly over-optimistic uh, writing on the idea that uh, this is the new way for enterprise search and this is going to solve all the problems people have had for the last 15, 20 years. Uh, this is simply isn't true. Um, uh, we have a, this is over aggressive and over, over enthusiastic marketing of terms and, and that are, that don't really mean a great deal. And there's been machine learning and natural language processing used in search engines for decades. And they've been presented as something new and shiny. Um, and this idea that somehow search engines are going to magically understand what you meant when you typed in your one word query, uh, is over, over optimistic at best. Um, so I, I think that that's not helpful. I think, again, we need to pro you know, focus on, on process. We need to focus on getting the right people in the right places uh, to use what is a very effective technology when done correctly. 
um, and not just to try and reinvent the wheel and tell everyone that our search engines are different because they've got some kind of magic shiny AI robot underneath them. Um, so I, 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 I could rant on about this for a while, as I'm sure you know, but uh, I've certainly blogged on the subject. But I think analysts in particular are to blame for some of this, where they're simply just repeating the marketing spiel they've been given by uh, other companies, uh, where they should be doing their job and, and telling us what is actually real and what isn't and how people should best implement these, these uh, systems. Yeah, I know there's been a backlash um, in uh, in the community. I wrote a, a couple of CMSYR articles about separating hype from reality. I know <clears throat> you did a great, great blog about the FUD from Forrester, um, our mutual friend Martin White, who's been on this podcast, similarly has has put out some good material. I think it's human nature to want a silver bullet. And in this sort of very tricky problem, and it's tricky because it's, you know, relevance is subjective, um, among other things, and human language is hard. It's, it's hard to, I'll say, tough it through to get the basics right which I think test-driven relevance is part of getting the basics right, just like uh, having proper metadata is. So I, um, I agree on cognitive search being way overhyped and that being in the interest of analysts and vendors. Uh, I will say that I think there's some real innovation happening. Um, for example, uh, learning to parse things uh, or machine translation has gotten much, much better, which has some promise in cross-lingual search. Um, oh, yes, or, certainly. And, and the other thing I've seen great innovation is, is this uh, something called learning to rank, uh, which is a way of uh, reordering your search results based on some machine learning technology. And I know that, yes. uh, for example, Bloomberg can make great strides in this. And again, our friends, Open Source Connections, have developed a an Elasticsearch learning to rank, a rank plugin, which is very interesting. But again, even with these these uh, uh, these techniques, the, the you need to have good quality signals. You need to have some clever people who understand how machine learning algorithms actually work. And again, it's not a silver bullet. Um, but yes, there's innovation happening all the time. And one of the great things about working in the open source space is instead of maybe a team of a hundred developers in one company building a commercial search engine, we have literally thousands of people across the world all working together to build uh, and improve open source search engines and sharing their efforts. And, and that means that the pace of innovation is, is astonishing. Look at the speed of new features arriving in the new, and things, things appearing in the open source search world. It's, it's astonishing. Um, and that, I think, is why it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a far better option for companies to look at open source-based technologies uh, just because the, the, the speed of innovation and you know, the thousands of people all working together to solve these problems. I think that's very exciting. So, Charlie, since we're talking about open source search, I'm wondering how you would, what perspective you would give people on uh, solar versus elastic search, the sort of, I often describe that the open source search splintered in much the way that different variants of Linux came out. <laughs> what's your what's your perspective on, if you will, uh, solar versus Elasticsearch in particular? Well, firstly, I've removed the verses. Uh, I think this is a it, it, it's not a fight really. It's uh, it's certainly become a fight. People have written all kind of combative articles and and about this, um, depending on which camp they sit in. Uh, we we deal with both, and we 
And to be honest, when somebody approaches us and said, I'm using one of these search engines, we never attempt to convert them to the other side. That's totally pointless. At heart, these things are both Solar Elasticsearch can do pretty much the same job. They're both based on the same core library, Apache Lucene. They're both search engines. They both have indices. They both, you know, they, they do the same thing. And you can build very effective search solutions with either of them. Uh, the difference between the two is Elasticsearch has been, has been built more recently and you could argue has been built, was built for the scaling, um, from the beginning, whereas Solar was built for scaling later on in its development. So, um, Elasticsearch raced away for a while in terms of large scale. Solar has since caught up, um, and there's no problem scaling either of these to, you know, literally be the tens of billions of documents. Uh, Elasticsearch is still quicker to get started with if you're starting from scratch and have never built a search application before because it picks very sensible defaults uh, and so you can spin it up and get it running very quickly. However, once you exceed the, the, the use of those defaults, if you find you're in a situation where you suddenly need to tweak something, you then are still going to go back and understand that it's a very complex system underneath. Uh, Solar, I see moving towards being used for more complex search tasks, more bigger information retrieval tasks. And Elasticsearch seems to be moving more for uh, lots of uh, analysis tasks. So we're seeing a huge rise in people using uh, Elasticsearch for log analysis. So very simple thing. If you're building a great big index of many, many very small things like logs, you're probably going to go towards Elasticsearch. If you're building a more complex uh, set of queries across maybe richer data, you might go with Solar. But to be honest, you could do either with either. Uh, there isn't a fight here. This is just two really great open source options. And um, I think also you'll see that the, the young, sexy startups tend to go for Elasticsearch because their marketing is more sexy and uh, exciting for, for, for you know young, fresh people. Whereas Solar is seen as maybe the old guard and it's maybe a, a slightly uh, different audience. But yeah, there's no difference really. There's no need for a fight. They both do the same job. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm being insight. I mean, being a commercial company, part of this is around support relationships and commercial relationships. We've ended up supporting mostly Elasticsearch in part because of what you said about getting going quickly. People that want to buy pre-built components also tend to want quick time to value. And some of the specific tuning, we, we try to move the defaults to the appropriate starter defaults for any given application. Yeah. So so we've become much deeper with Elasticsearch in particular, but I've been very interested that the net effect of there being two variants has been a faster set of innovation. It's almost like when a new feature gets uh, released in one, it shows up in the other within a month. Yeah, it's, it's an arms race, uh, which is great. Uh, great for users because they see this rapid uh, deployment of new features, and that's fantastic. One other point to mention is the, the licensing models for these two technologies is slightly different. Um, Solar is completely open source, um, whereas Elasticsearch uh, is open development. But in terms of uh, making changes to the code base, that's controlled by a single company, Elastic. This may not matter whatsoever, but it depends on your view of open source. And you know, do you want a project that's uh, truly open source, where lots of different companies control it, or lots of contributors control the committing, and there's a committee model driving it? Or do you, are you happy with one company driving the roadmap and having control of that and perhaps having a more narrow focus and a, a better idea of what's coming next? And, and some people are bothered about this and some people aren't. Um, 
But yeah, they're, 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 they're both really good technologies. And again, we've got pro current projects running on both. Um, and we're, we're luckily, you know, one of the few companies, certainly in the UK, that regularly deals with both engines and has a deep level of knowledge of both. So we, you know, we can, we can give people a pretty good opinion on, on what they should use. And in which, in most cases, it doesn't really matter. This is a, a, another great conversation, uh, gents. Certainly appreciate your insights today, uh, Charlie. Wh where would you recommend people go if they want to learn more? And I should say that uh, understanding that we have links to uh, the book, Searching the Enterprise. We have links to uh, everything that you're doing at Flux, some great blog posts in the show notes. But when you when you look at, at the context of the conversation, uh, how would you advise uh, f folks to to learn more and, and see what happens next on their horizon? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, you've mentioned it yourself. Um, hopefully we are book. That'd be great. Um, we'll hopefully be doing some, uh, talking about it in the, in the, uh, the autumn here and, and in the next few months, uh, certainly in the UK, uh, myself and Ludo hopefully to do some, uh, presentations about the book and the ideas we cover. Uh, I'd say go to Jeff's, uh, uh, search workshop for managers. That sounds great. I'm hoping to make it to the conference myself, and I, I promise not to, not to heckle. You don't have to promise that. <laughs> Jeff is exceptionally good at, at uh, hecklers. Bring some rotten fruit like everyone else. <laughs> what I will say is, is in some of the, the general things I've covered here in terms of relevance tuning and developing people and developing search teams, I would say watch this space because I'm certainly talking to lots of people like Jeff and myself in the search space at the moment. Uh, those of us who are independent of vendors, those of us who are uh, who are, we don't really care about particular technologies. We more care about building good search, whatever the technology. We're having lots of discussions internally on how to perhaps develop the ability of enterprises to, uh, to recruit and train, uh, search people both on the business side and the technical side, um, and how we can help, help them do that. So keep an eye on my Twitter. Um, I Twitter as, I tweet as Flax Search or one word there. Um, and I'll keep an eye on my blog, and I'm sure I, I, I will sure be valuable on both subjects at some point in the future. And now there is a link to Flax Search on Twitter in the show notes too, everybody. Swipe over to your show notes on your mobile podcast device, and you'll see the links to everything uh, that Charlie has mentioned today. Uh, Charlie Hall, thank you so much for your time today. We sure appreciate it. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been uh, great fun, and I'm sure we could take, talk for many, many, many hours more. Well, you know, we would love to give you the opportunity to do that. I hope you'll come back uh, down the road. Thank you. I'd love to. As usual, thank you, Jeff. Uh, uh, this is a, an illuminating conversation as ever, sir. Thank you. Always, always fun. And um, for those listeners out, out there, take a closer look at open source search and at, in general, open component-based approaches. As you know, I'm not a purist that everything needs to be open or closed. It's ultimately about having successful search. And those are perfect words to leave us on. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show. We certainly appreciate your time and attention. On behalf of BA Insight CTO Jeff Fried and Charlie Hall, I'm Pete Wright. We will catch you next time right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.